Good evening, church. How are we all doing tonight? Excellent. Great to be in the house of God, eh? Great to be in the house of God. We had a great morning at Impact Kids this morning. We had, uh, I just was um, thinking, we, we came out of worship, Suze, and we, and we just, uh, just, there was uh, a real pushing in on the kids, a real pushing in on worship. There was like an amazing presence of God. That, yeah, I know, I know, I know. That, that, that's, that's where I was getting to. And so we, um, Brian was sharing the main message at, at Impact Kids this morning. But when the, when the people of God, when the, in this case this morning, the children of God push in and, and open their hearts up and push in a worship, it just opens up, opens up the room, it opens up the atmosphere where the Word of God can be preached. And so Brian did well this morning, and I heard afterwards, Brian probably doesn't know this, but um, apparently we were very, very loud this morning, and it was almost like we were very loud. So we had a great morning out there, which I apparently everyone who was in here this morning heard about. So, so we, we uh, sort of apologies to an extent for that, but it was a good morning. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, tonight I want to talk. I want to talk about passion. I want to talk about us as the people of God carrying a passion and a fire in our bellies, causing us to to rise up, causing us to stand head and shoulders above others in the world, causing us to be effective and influential in the circles that we we uh, mix in, causing us to uh, take hold of the promises of God, causing us to see uh, our signs, wonders, miracles, causing us to, to be able to do exceedingly abundantly. Um, in God's will above all that we could, other people would hope or imagine. It's a bit of a, a play on God's word there, but it's, it's, it's good. You know, I, um, I've got this, I've got this uh, it's almost like this message that I'm preaching tonight sort of has been tuning around the side of me and I've just, just been stirred, I've been um, almost to the point of being agitated, not quite agitated, but stirred, challenged and just wanting more of God, wanting to see God break through, wanting to see God break through into my life, wanting to see God break through into my family, wanting to see God break through in a greater measure over this church and throughout this community. You know, and I, and I just, there's this thing inside of me, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's almost there's this contention for it. And what, what it needs and what it requires is for the people of God to rise up and, and to, to allow passion to, to come upon them, to foster and, um, and, and stir up passion within inside them to do what God is calling them to do. So the plan, the plan for my message tonight is a, 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 a couple of key areas I go into, but I want to talk about, about just a certain aspect of the nature of God and look about how Jesus came he, to represent the Father and how he carried that aspect and how we now as the people of God stand in that place to represent, represent um, God through Christ and, and, and are called to carry that same aspect and beep. Uh, and, and so what, and, and then the, the importance the importance of, of us needing to do that. So, this sounds cool. You guys with me? Very cool. Okay, so, I'd love us just to start in a, a, a small verse in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 4. So if you've got that, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 24. So Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 24. A very small verse, but just something that's uh, drawn my attention, something I've spent a bit of time on. It says, Deuteronomy 4, verse 24, it says, For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. So this God that we serve, He is a consuming fire, He's a jealous God. Now this word jealous does not carry the same connotations and meanings that we would associate in society today. Now this word jealous, I, I, I just did a little bit of search. Google is a great thing, and, um, and, and there's good stuff in Google, not so good stuff in Google. Some, but, but this one here, as I just spent a bit of time looking into the word, you know, it would be a, a good way to describe it would be a bit like this. The rising heat of emotions within a person that are associated 
with intense fervor, intense zeal or passion for something that is important to them. The rising heat of emotions that is associated with intense passion, zeal or fervor for something that is important to them. Now this word jealous is interchanged throughout the Bible. If you go back to the, 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 the original Hebrew, it's interchanged throughout the Bible in the English versions between uh, jealous and zeal or zealous. So really when, it's, when the Bible is saying our God is a, is a jealous God, he is a zealous God. He's full of zeal, full of zeal. So, so in many ways it's saying that God is zealous and he's eager about protecting uh, the things that are precious to him. You know, and the fact that it says that God is a consuming fire, when you think of fire, fire is something that's intense. It's intense, it's sort of hot. And more than that, a consuming fire is something that is, is very difficult to quench. It can't be quenched. So when you take it in that sense, that our God has this all-consuming, intense uh, emotions of, of um, zeal, of passion for the things that are important to him. And the question is, question that's here now is, is what are things that are important to God? So I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. You know, um, in Zechariah, if you turn to Zechariah chapter 1 verse 14, I've got a couple of verses of Zechariah here. It says that, um, Zechariah 1 14 says, Then the angel who was speaking to me said this, Proclaim this word. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I am very jealous, that word again, I am very jealous for Jerusalem and for Zion. Jerusalem and Zion stand for the church, stand for the people of God. God is very jealous for the people of God. And if we went over to, to um, Zechariah chapter 8, verse 2, it says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. He says it again. He repeats it. I am very jealous for Zion. I am burning with jealousy for her. Here, God's heart is for the church. God is intensely, intensely zealous full of zeal, full of passion for the church, for his house, for his people. The question is, that I'll ask a little bit later, is how hot are we for the house of God? How hot are we for God's people? That's where I'm getting to. You know, God is represented by fire all throughout the Bible. He's represented by fire. You know, you look at the way he, he, in, in, um, when he first... Uh, uh, engaged or met with Moses, revealed himself to Moses, he met him in the burning bush. You know, it was a fire that was from heaven, the bush didn't burn up, but God met him in that place, that holy fire. And then when the Israelites were going through the desert, uh, they were led by a pillar of fire during the day and a pillar of, oh, sorry, a pillar of cloud, a, a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night. You know, and so, and then we see um, in the story of Elijah, when Elijah took on the prophets of Baal, and, and, um, and, and he said, where is this God that I serve? God sent fire down from heaven to consume that altar. And then when Elijah went to heaven, how did that happen? Well, Elijah and Elisha were together, and the Bible says that, that all of a sudden there were, there were horses and chariots of fire that came and separated the two before Elijah was taken up in a whirlwind. And it's interesting, when you look in, um, in Exodus chapter 24, it talks about how when, um, when Moses brought the Israelites to Mount Zion, and they came to the mountain, and, and God came down on the mountain, and all his glory and all his power, he came on the mountain, and the, and the Bible talks about how the mountain was smoking on there. And the Israelites themselves, they drew back in fear, but Moses went up into the mountain for 40 days. And it says in uh, Exodus 24:17, it says, To the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of that mountain. 
You see, God doesn't have, he doesn't have consuming fire around him. He does, but he is a consuming fire. Everything that he is, he's intensely passionate and he's intensely, intensely zealous for the things that are important to him. Now, when Jesus came, it's interesting, God sent Jesus into the world to, to rescue us from our place of sin and bring us to re-establish connection with God, to reconcile us to the Father. It's interesting, Jesus carried the same passion, same zeal. So in John 1, verse 4, it's, or in John 1, it says that you know, in the beginning was the Word. And, and when it talks about the Word, you know, the Bible tells us the Word of God is, is, is Jesus. Okay? So in the beginning was Jesus. That Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. He was with God in the beginning. And then it goes on to say that in Him, that's in Jesus, there was life. And that life was the light of man. And so that word life is, is, this, is this Greek word called Zoe. And Zoe is, talks about not just life that we'd know, but it talks about the absolute fullness of life. It talks about an intense, active, and vigorous energy that flowed through him. You see, the Bible says that Jesus, he was the image of the invisible God. Colossians 1. It said that, that, that when he came to, to earth, that he was the radiance of the Father's glory, the exact representation of his being. And it's interesting, we go back to that verse in Exodus, when the glory of God came, it looked like a consuming fire. And it's Jesus, the Son of God, he was the radiance of the Father's glory. So Jesus, he carried that consuming fire. He was that consuming fire. He came to represent the Father. He came to stand in that place. And he knew to achieve and accomplish all that he needed to achieve and accomplish that he needed to carry that fire, he needed to rekindle that fire, he needed to maintain that fire, and he needed to walk in that fire. You see, that's why he, you'd see him or hear about him often, read about him often going up into the mountain to spend time with the Father because he knew he needed to rekindle that, hold on to that. He came to represent the Father. He came to do the Father's will. And because he represented the Father, he needed to carry the same essence of, 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 of character, the same essence of who the Father was. And he needed, and he, and he, knows he needed that to accomplish what the Father had him to do. The Bible tells us that we now stand on that place. The people of God now stand on that place. That Jesus went back to, you know, he went back to heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father and that we now stand on that place, that we now represent him. We now represent him. We are called, we are called to be just like him. We are called to carry the same fire and the same passion as him. And we need that same fire and that same passion to do all that, he, all that he's called us to do. And if we look at Jesus, you, you might say, well, how, we just, well, I want to look at a couple of examples of, of him. And the reason I'm doing this, you know, if we can see and we can catch in our spirits the, um, the, the level of intensity, if we can get a glimpse of it, if we can just touch on it, the level of, of, um, of, of, of passion, the level of zeal that God has for us as his people, the level of, of, of intense emotion and feeling and, and, and desire that he has for his house, to see his house rise up and represent him well. If we, could just get, if we get a glimpse of that, you know, whenever we see passion, whenever we touch on passion, whether it's passion in a person, passion anywhere, it provokes a response, provokes a response. You know, oh, the last couple of weeks at Impact Kids, we've done a couple of different things. And, um, and, and, 
and what we do it with enthusiasm and energy. Brian and I this morning, we, we were on the Welcome and Impact Kids. So we dressed up as, we, we had a beach party at the start of the morning. And that, from all reports, must have been the quieter part of the morning, but, but it's okay. But we had a beach party. But you know what? We carried with that. We were just, we were crazy. We were loud. We were big. And so we, we just let passion come out of us. Passion for the kids. Passion for God. Passion for the presence of God. And I tell you what, it provoked a response in the kids provoked the response. And so uh, it opened up the atmosphere, it brought a freedom, and it brought them to be, the louder we got, the louder they got. So for those who are here this morning, what we're doing, we're provoking a response in the kids. The louder we got, the louder they got. And I tell you what, when the kids did that, they actually broke out of something, and the atmosphere in the room changed, it shifted. And I know that the Word of God went into their hearts, and the Word of God was free to move, and God was free to move, the Holy Spirit was free to move, because there was just a, a breaking out. But, that, but the, 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 the leaders in that, this morning and, and also in the previous mornings, we know that we get up there, we, we, we um, carry that passion, we, we let it come from deep within us and we let it go out and we let it be seen on our faces, we let it be seen in, in our actions, the way that we speak, the words that we say, we know that it provokes a response. So Jesus is interesting. So here's a story. That, you know, we know the story how Jesus... Near the end of his time on earth before the um, Passover and when he was crucified and that, he, he, he went into the, uh, Jerusalem on a donkey, you know, the triumphant entry into the city. And uh, there's this crazy thing that happened. Just, just after that, um, it talked about, so he went into the city on a donkey, then he must have gone out, then he was coming back in somehow, just walking in. And in Luke 19.41 it says, And as he approached, he saw the city and he wept. And this is NIV, and he wept audibly, in brackets, over it. And the Bible says they, he wept because he saw a people there, his people who he had come for, who were missing out on what he had to bring to them. They were missing out on what God was bringing to them, the blessing, the peace, the, 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 just the, the standard of righteousness, reconciliation that God was bringing. They were missing out. So the Bible says that he wept audibly. Now in my Bible, I don't know who said this, but, but if you go through my Bible, there's lots of pen notes. And so if I'm ever in a sermon and it's something is said that captures my heart and I just feel the Holy Spirit on it, I get my pen out and I write it in my Bible. So I've got this statement in my Bible about Jesus. The statement is, he sobbed aloud with deep grief, pain and distress for the lost people. He sobbed aloud with deep grief, pain and distress for the lost people. I mean, mean, that's that's not normal. That's not normal. I mean, you don't have someone go into a city who, and the person sobs aloud with deep, with, with deep grief, pain, and distress of people. But the thing about Jesus, he wasn't normal. He wasn't normal. He wasn't normal. He carried something in his spirit. He carried that consuming fire, that consuming passion for the things that God carried his passion for. God's house, God's people. There's this another story of Jesus going into the, into the temple about the same time as he went into the city. He, after that, he went into the temple and he saw what was happening in his house and he had such a fervent passion for the house of God that, that God be honoured, that God be lifted up, that God be glorified, that his church represents the Father well. And, and Jesus went in and he saw these traders in there and all these animals in there. And Jesus, in this righteous anger, he, what happened was something came upon him and all of a sudden he found himself turning the tables over. The coins had been scattered and he was driving the people out of there, driving the animals out of there. And, and there was just this righteous anger because his passion just couldn't be restrained. It just kept coming out of him and affected what he did, affected what he said. And, and, and you know, the crazy thing about that, that wasn't the first time he did it. I, I, I always thought he only did that once. But he did it at the start of his ministry too. He, he was actually a serial offender in this. I mean, 
I, I mean, a fiend is probably not the right word, but, 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 but he, was a, he was a serial offender in this. And it's like, and um, the same, it was almost like the same story. I always thought it was the same story, but this was in John chapter 2. This was like just after the story about changing the water into wine. It was at the start of his ministry. He finished it the way he started in many ways, but the same thing. It says that in the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers, and he overturned the tables. And then his disciples remembered, it is written, and this was something taken out of Psalm 69, they remembered it, the Holy Spirit prompted it in them. The Holy Spirit gave them an insight as to why Jesus was doing this. And it said, and and then, um, lost my place, but coming back, it said, it says, then the disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. Zeal for your house. Jesus was driven by zeal and by passion. He came to represent the Father. It was part of the Father's nature. The Father, it was hot. He was full of, full of zeal. He's a zealous God. He is a zealous, a jealous God for us as people, for his house. Jesus came to represent the Father. He was the exact representation of his being, the very essence of who he was. In the beginning, he was with God and he was God. He was part of God, came to represent the Father. He carried the same zeal and passion because it was part of him, but also because he needed it to accomplish all that he had to accomplish. How else could he go to the cross? How else could he endure that? Because he has such a passion for the people. He was driven by love, by passion for us, by passion for his house. So then it comes to us. <laughs> it comes to us. And God is coming back to a spotless church, a church without wrinkle. It's God's will for us, the church, to represent him well. It's God's will for us to represent him well. In 2 Corinthians 5, it says that we are Christ's ambassadors. We represent him. We represent him on this earth. We represent him in our community. We represent him in our jobs. And so the question is, how hot do we burn for him? You know what? We carry the same fire. We carry the same consuming fire that he carries. We carry the same consuming fire. If I was, if I was to flip over to Romans 8.29, which I've got right here, but if you wanted to flip over to Romans 8.29, feel free. It says, Romans 8.29, it says, for those God, for, oh no, wrong one, wrong one, sorry, Luke 3.16. Luke 3.16, tricked you, but we got there. It says, Luke 3.16, this is John the Baptist talking. Jesus, uh, uh, John answered saying to all, I indeed baptise you with water, but one mightier than I who was coming, talking of Jesus, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to, to loose, he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He will baptise you the Holy Spirit and fire. Do you know, everyone who responds to the Spirit of God, who says yes to Jesus, and, and, and who, who allows, who opens himself, allows the Holy Spirit to come upon them, that same consuming fire, that, that's, that it's part of who our God is, that same consuming fire that Jesus carried as part of who he was, that same consuming fire comes into us and is part of us. You know, the Bible says, and uh, uh, it'll come to me later, but the Bible says that those who are joined to the Lord are one with him in spirit. 
You know, the same spirit that Christ carried from the Father, as part of the Father, the same spirit that's in the Father, that was in Christ, is in us. You know, the whole thing about, about um, being joined is, you know, he who is joined to the Lord is one with him in spirit. That whole thing there talks about fusion. And I have talked about it before, but I'll talk about it again because I like it. And so what this is, is that this fusion is, is if, I was never good at science. I learned to juggle in my science class. I learned to juggle in my science class, and, but I'm never very good at science. So there'll be people here who understand this better than me. But in science, if you get two chemicals, you can mix them together. And what will happen is this fusion thing is the idea that two chemicals change their properties and they become a single chemical. The, 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 this chemical's gone, this chemical over here's gone, they come together and make a new chemical. And that, that whole thing about that those who are joined to the Lord are one with Him is Spirit. When the presence of God, the Spirit of God comes and dwells within us, the Bible says He dwells in our inner being, what happens is something changes on the inside. We become new creations. The old is gone, the new has come. We become new creations. And so when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, it's not just the Holy Spirit coming in, but the fire of God's coming in us. We carry the fire of God. You know, wherever we go in, in, in society, we've got the ability to connect with the Spirit of God that's within us. We've got the ability to, to allow fire to burn, um, God's passion to, to burn within us so we can rise up in His presence and make a difference in the situations that we are. Whether we're at school, whether we're in our job, whether we're in our community, we've got that within us. We can do that. And we're called to do that. That Romans 8.29 says, For those who God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. In the same way that Jesus was the exact representation of the Father, we, we are being conformed into the image of Christ. So if Jesus represents the Father, we, uh, we are being conformed to the image of Christ. We are called to carry the same passion, fervor, intensity for God's house and for God's people. How hot are we burning tonight? How hot are we burning for the people of God? The people of God are those in the church and those out of the church. You know, all the sheep belong to the shepherd, those in the air and those out there. How hot are we burning for people of God? How hot are we burning for this house? Now, I'm, I'm, I'm challenged in myself, and, and, and there's times I look across through the house and I see holes. I see holes where, where people are called to serve, but those, those places are vacant. People aren't there. And, 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 and at times it grieves me. At times it grieves me. See, what happens is this place needs to be strong. If this place is going to be influential and represent Christ well, and people are going to be built up, discipled, and, and, and empowered with the Holy Ghost, and sent out there, and, 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 and as we, all of us, we go out there and we engage with our community. This place needs to be strong. When we go out there and we connect with our community and we begin to bring our friends along and we begin to bring those people along, we invite them along, this place needs to be humming. It needs to be on fire. The presence of God needs to be in this place. Now, this place needs to be full. It needs to be full of people. It needs to be full. And, and, and there'll be some here, many here, many here who will say, well, well, I am serving, I am doing that. That's great. How hot are we? How hot are we? Are, how, how hot are we to pursue God, to pursue a breakthrough of His presence in this place? You know, I was, I was challenged in myself again. I remember when Pastor Anwar came here from Pakistan. There was a whole push for this church to, to reach out to this community. And we saw many visitors come in, and we saw people saved. 
And I was, I was challenged because we had prayer meetings where the church could come together and we could pray and we could stand as a church, stand in strength and agreement and just allow our agreement. Where there's unity, God commands a blessing. We could come in unity, we could pray, we could believe for it. And those prayer meetings, like, only like three or four people tuned up. Only three or four tuned up. And that was like a church, that was like a church event where we were as a church were standing and believing. And I know there were many more praying at home. I know there were many more praying at home. But maybe, maybe some weren't in that place where they should have been. Maybe some weren't. And I just, I'd hate to think that we missed something in God. I'd hate to think that God had something for this house, had something for this community, and that he, he entrusted it to us. And because there was, we allowed maybe, because maybe that there might have been a, a degree of indifference came in. Or agree, this is, that this is not really um, for me. This is not really for me. This is, this is other people in the church can do that. Because we allowed it to come in, maybe we missed something. I'm not saying we did. I'm not saying we did. And, and in no way, no way is, is there a judgment of what I'm saying. No, no. My heart is for us. My heart is for the church. My heart is for the church. My heart is for us. My heart is for us. So what's good? Take a look in the mirror. I'm always asking myself, God, how hot am I for you? How hot am I for you? How hot am I for you, God? You now, serving in the house, God calls us all sons and daughters, but sons, plural for sons and daughters. You with me? Yeah, cool. All good. Sons of the house, that whole word of sons, it's been preached before, we're called to be builders of the house. We're co-laborers with Christ, but we're builders of the house. And so, builders of the house means we get involved. It means that, it means that we, we join with others in the house. It means that we bring, there's an element of sacrifice to that. A sacrifice of our time, a sacrifice of our energy, sometimes a sacrifice of our money. And that sort of stuff can be hard. It can be hard, it can be difficult. Unless you're passionate about it. If you're passionate about it and you carry passion, then all of a sudden, it's not hard or difficult at all. It's something you want to be involved in. It's something that, as you step into, if you're passionate about it and you're doing it, it energizes you. And you come alive when you carry that passion. You know, God is a consuming fire. He's a zealous God. And Jesus came and he represented the God. He carried fire. He carried passion. He carried passion for his house. He got involved in this house. When all through the Bible you see Jesus in the house. As a young kid, his parents traveled a whole day thinking that Jesus was with them. And they, they realized they got to the end of the day after a day of walking. Jesus wasn't with them. Where was he? He was in the house of God. They had to travel a whole day back to him to find him. They spent three days, I think. On the third day they looked for him. Where was he? He was in the house of God. There was another story of, um, you know, twice he went in there and he turned the tables and he drove out all the, all the traders and that. There's stories of him watching the, the widow dropping in two mites, two, two pennies or whatever she was dropping in there. Jesus was always in the house. He was passionate about the house. Passionate about the house. He was out of the house as well because he was passionate about God's people, both in the house and out of the house. He represented the Father. We carry that fire. We're called to carry that fire. I said again, how hot are we tonight? How hot are we for the plans of God? I'll just say again. Like, like just, so Louise and I, we've, we've led Impact Kids for, I don't know, is it two years, two and a half years? Or, yeah, that's right, two and a half years. And I've been involved probably for, I don't know, maybe 10, 12 years, maybe 12, 13 years, I don't know. <laughs> 
But there was a time there where we had this oversight team and Steve and Ellie, Pastor Steve and Ellie were here and they were running it. We were part of the team. And there was a part of me that, that I just had this horrible feeling. Just, I, I wasn't, it was just the, every once in a while the feeling would came, this horrible sinking feeling that maybe one day I could be asked to lead, lead impact kids. I thought, oh my goodness, that's, that's, that's something I don't want. I could never handle that. And, and so there would be times where I would, I would almost stuck for cover. If there was something, someone to be prayed for or something to be done on stage, I was happy to take a step back and let someone else do it. And, um, and so because there was this, that part of me, I didn't think I could handle it. And the thing I was, I mean, I, 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 there was things inside me, I knew I could do it, but just the pressure and the weight of it and just the, having to give up my time in that, I didn't think I, think I could do that. I, think it would, I thought it would kill me. I thought after a period of time, I would, I would be, basically I'd be driven into the ground and then I'd go out badly. I'd, I'd just fall out the back door. But something I didn't realise is that when God's grace comes upon you, if God has got something for us, His grace will come upon us. If God is asking us to do something, His grace will come upon us. And do you know what? If we stay connected to our God, if we keep that intimate relationship with Him, if we stay connected to Him, then what happens is He, he will, through that relationship, there's just is impartation into our spirit. Impartation of, of all that we need, including, uh, including zeal and passion, including fervor, including fire, including, including just um, heat and passion. Heat and passion, yeah. <laughs> and so you know what I found? As I'm in that place now, and, and like, we, we, we've, got, we've got a great leadership team and we just so appreciate that. Um, anyone looking for something to do, we need more leaders to come and see me, that would be great. We need lots more leaders, but we've got a great leadership team. And you know what? I come alive in that place. Sometimes I get, I get beat up, and there's weight and there's pressure. But I tell you, when I'm, when I'm walking and standing in the place that God's called me to stand and walk, there's something that comes alive in me and, and, and I'm energised and I'm alive. And it's the same for each one of us when we stand in the place that God's called us to stand. You know, passion... Passion's a hard thing to build. It's not something you build, it's something that you catch. You could say, oh, maybe, maybe tonight as I'm speaking, maybe the Holy Spirit just touched on you. You're sort of thinking, well, I'm not actually feeling that. And I, and I sort of maybe I'd like to get to that place. But it's a hard thing to build. It's something we need to catch. But the question is, how do we catch it? We catch it through connection. Through connection with Him. Through connection with the Spirit. Now, worship is a great place to catch the heart of God. When we come into worship in church and when we do worship at home, however that might look, I tell our kids and impact kids, when we worship God, it's a chance that we get to love on God. We worship God not with our mouths and with our heads. We don't, we're not here to sing songs. We're here to, to let our hearts open up and we're here to express our love for him. In that place of connection, when God's presence comes, we allow Him to speak to us. Then, then, then there's a, there's a, again, there's that exchange. That exchange. Those who wait upon the Lord will exchange their strength. It's like changing clothes. We, th- we, we take off one thing, and God gives us something else to put on. There's that exchange that takes place. We catch it through relationship. We catch it through His. If you, there's three or four points here. I'll just quickly give them out to you. We catch it through relationship. We catch it through spending time reading 
and confessing his word. You know, if we find that we don't have time to read or confess our word, or read our word, if we find that we get, that gets squeezed in us, a great place to start is by turning the television off. Great place to start. Great place to start. Maybe even turning the computer off. Great place to start. I was going to say that. Oh, I held back the joy of Facebook here. <laughs> no, it's all, it's all good. But yes, I mean, the question is, that's how we catch it. Do we really want it? We catch it through relationship, through connection. We catch it through reading, confessing his word. We catch it through serving. Serving in the house. Serving in the house. We catch it as we, as we, um, as we purpose to sacrifice, whether it be our time, our energy, even our money, we catch it then. What happens is, you know, there's this verse in the Bible. There's this verse in the Bible, and um, I'm coming to a conclusion very, very quickly, but there's this verse in the Bible. I'm just going to find it here. And Proverbs 11.24. It's often a verse you hear during a tithes message. And it says this. It says, one person gives freely. This is the NIV again. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. So one person gives away freely, yet gains even more. And another withholds unduly and they come to poverty. So you can sort of see how that talks about money. But you know, there's a spiritual principle that's revealed here. One person looks inward. They hold on to what they've got. This is me, I've got this. They look inward, and they get even smaller. Yet another person looks outward. They look beyond themselves. They look beyond themselves. They look to others. They look to what's going on, and they invest in something bigger than themselves. And as they look beyond themselves and they look to others, they look to give out, they step into a flow of blessing. They step into a flow of increase. They step into a flow of enlargement. This whole thing about serving in the house, just go through them again because I really want you to get them. Building passion comes through connection, through reading and confessing this word and serving in the house. When we serve in the house and we begin to invest in something that God's doing, we take our eyes off ourselves. we begin to give out to others, sacrificially often. But then when there's passion involved, it's, when, when passion arises, it's not that much of a sacrifice. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. Jesus knew there's a principle there that if I get involved in what the Father's involved in, then that's where the life is, that's where the energy is, that's where the blessing is. We know that God... God, is, his heart is on his people, his house. If we get involved in his house, then, and we get involved and we do it, and we, we stay connected to God in that place, I tell you what, there will be a, there's, there's a shift in your life. There's a shift that takes place as we step into that river of blessing. Blessing, enlargement, increase. Connection with, with the house of God. The danger is, we can get caught up in ourselves too easy. We can become inward. So you might sit here thinking, well, I haven't got time. Oh, I haven't got this, this, well, this is the problem. Some of us here might even think that, that um, I'm actually doing okay. Oh, I've got this good connection with God, but even our connection with God can become inward if it's about us and God. And it loses, loses connection with the house. If it's more about us and God, if it's more about us and God, then it's heading inward pretty quickly. It needs to be us and God but it's about capturing God's heart for the people and the house. Tonight, as I finish, I want to ask a couple of questions. 
I hope you're catching this. This is, this is not, this is me passionate for the house, passionate for God's people. See, the world will always overpromise and underdeliver. The world will always overpromise and underdeliver. If you're a young person here, you won't fully appreciate that yet. If you're, you're often, you're, you're, you've got this whole life ahead of you, you get to end of school, and there's all this new um, thing ahead of you. But I'm telling you now, the world will always overpromise and underdeliver. Unless God is at the centre of what we do, we're heading for disappointment and regret. God has to be at the centre of what we do, otherwise we're heading for disappointment and regret. The world will always overpromise and underdeliver. We need to be more passionate about the things inside the house, and that includes reaching out to the lost. It's part of part of the, the core call of the house is reaching out to the lost. We need to be more passionate about the things in the house and the things in the world. So tonight I ask you, where are you tonight? How hot are we tonight? How hot are we? It's a personal question just to ask ourselves. There's no judgment here. Please hear my heart. There's no judgment. This is me looking in the mirror at myself. Let's look in the mirror at ourselves. Sometimes it's good to take stock of where we are. What is it that has your heart tonight? Is it the things inside the house? Or is it things out there? Could be, could be the problems and issues of life have got hold of us. And they've captured our heart and captured our attention and, and that in its very essence is sucked away. We might love God, but because the issues of life have sucked out that the passion, we need, we need to seek first Him, His righteousness. Everything else will be provided. Every need met. What is it that has your heart tonight? What is it that you devote your energies to? What is it that we devote our energies to? What takes our time? Do you carry the same passion for God's house and God's people? Tonight, do we come into this place out of an attitude of what we can get out of it? Out of a bless me attitude? You know, if we do that, we'll get a a measure of blessing, but over the course of time, that blessing will dry up. The, 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 the life flow of coming here will eventually start to dwindle somewhat. Because that's not where God's heart is. Yes, he wants to bless us. But yes, he wants, he wants to bless you by shifting your focus onto other people and what you can do for him. You know, we are called as servants of the king. God's not our servant. We're his servants. It's not so much about what God can do for us. The attitude needs to be, what can we do for God? What can we do as sons of the house to build the house? What can we do for God to love other people, connect with other people? Where are we tonight with that? I'd love, us, I'd love the music team to come up. I'd love us just to close our eyes just this time. Close our eyes. See, what I'm going to do, I'm going to call an altar call very soon. Because this thing, this thing's been sitting on me been sitting on me and I just haven't had the words to articulate it. And what, what I want to do tonight, what I want to do tonight, just as we close our eyes, and I've asked those questions, where are we tonight? How hot are we? Do we burn for the same things that God burns for? Are we passionate about the same thing God's passionate for? 
See, if the answers to those are not what God would want the answers to be, there needs to be an adjustment in our life. Otherwise, we're not on that flow of blessing. We miss what God has planned for us. And we're heading down that, that over-promise, under-delivery thing of the world. So this is what I want to do tonight. I want to give us the opportunity, just as our eyes are closed right now, I want to give us the opportunity to, to respond to God. Maybe there's someone here tonight, and you don't actually, you're not actually walking with God at this time. Maybe you've never made a decision to receive Christ as your Saviour. Tonight would be a good opportunity to do that. Tonight would be a good opportunity. If you've never made that decision... What I'd love you to do right now is to put up your hand so I can see that, so I can pray for you. Receiving Christ is an easy thing to do. It's just saying yes to Jesus. It's saying yes to Jesus. Yes, I want to accept you. If that's you, if that's you tonight, I'd love you to put up your hand. Just while every eye is closed in here. I'd love you to put up your hand. Maybe there's some others. And as I've preached tonight, the Holy Spirit's just been, been um, talking to you. You've just been feeling the weight of it. And in that place, you realize that you're not actually burning hot for God. You realize that you've allowed just different things to get in. And, and not, that doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means that, that you've, just, you, you've just sort of gone off course slightly. If that's you tonight, I'd love you to respond by coming up to the front tonight. If that's you tonight. Maybe there's some people here. Maybe there's some people here who who once walked with God and haven't been walking with God. So you, you, you've got this thing where you're not hot for God, but you're not actually walking with Him either. And you, and you know that you need to come back. You know that He's calling you back. You know that, that He's saying, come back, come back to me. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to sing a song now. We're all going to stand. If you, if God's speaking to you tonight about coming back into his house, walking with him again. I want you to come into the middle at the front here, in front of me, so I, so I know. If God's speaking to you tonight about the level of, of, of uh, where your heart is, but where your heart is tonight, and you know that your heart is not where it needs to be, and you know there needs to be an adjustment, I want you to come to the front tonight. I want you to come, I want you to respond to God. I don't want you to go out of this place, in that same place. I want you to respond by coming to the front tonight. And there'll be leaders to pray. So we're going to flow into that song now. And I'm just asking you, don't worry about other people. Don't worry about other people. think. Don't don't need to think that. Just make it you and God. Just make God, this is a decision. I'm drawing a line in the sand and I'm walking across it, God. I'm purposing to myself. This is is a faith statement. I'm going to stand and and I'm going to come to the front. And I'm going to make, between you and me, I'm going to make things right. And I'm going to believe by faith that you are going to come and bring impartation into my life so even as I make that decision that you will meet me halfway because God is a God who will meet us halfway. So we're going to flow in there and I ask you to come forward.